let's speak a little bit about the end of time since we're so close to that time when Jesus Christ will return or we're so close to that time maybe when we will die and meet the master because it's oh we, we Jesus has come for us when we die right it's over for us as far as having made our eternal decisions so Jesus Christ defeats the Antichrist and I just want to bring out a few scriptures and revelations on what it's going to be like in that day because Jesus is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings let me actually read that chapter it says and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords that's verse 16 it's a false illusion within humanity and we do it to think that a sinful human can bring a lasting peace on this planet earth for you know thousands of years mankind has tried every experiment within the mind of humanity to bring about a righteous and a good government that will bring peace on this earth and all have totally failed but you know that is the the desire of us of us who live in the earth realm, of us who have been birthed into this realm and live in this realm, would be for us to have peace on the earth, would be for us to have a government that knew how to govern the world in a peaceable, in a, in a righteous, in a loving way. But we don't have that. There's major corruption and deceit within the administrations of every single government that exists upon this earth. Somebody might say, why? Why does it have to be that way? Because every human on earth is is a natural born sinner. Everyone from all four corners of the earth. Not a one is born into righteousness until we're born again in into Christ right we are born a natural born sinner we're born into evil we're fooling ourselves when we think some human leader can solve the problems of any nation much less the entire world though we pray for it though we seek after it though we desire it from God it's just not going to happen lest the whole world would be born again. And then it might still not happen. I don't know. There's coming a day, you know, the Lord has already won the victory. He's won the victory for us. We are winners. We're on the winning team. Jesus Christ has defeated Satan. And that which is yet to come with the enemy, with the Antichrist, with the false prophet, has still, it's already been won. All the other uh, world leaders uh, and set up his earthly kingdom, Jesus will set up his earthly kingdom on this earth. And at that time, Jesus Christ will finally take total control of this earth. And there will be a good, wise and righteous government. A government that will bring peace on this earth then. Read Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. The Bible goes on to say, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, 
saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God. It says that in Revelations 19, verse 17, well, this angel might be brighter than the sun. This great supper will happen in the valley of Megiddo in Israel. Israel, excuse me, is located between Europe, Asia, and Africa on the migratory path of over 500 species of birds that make up the estimated 500 million birds that come to the Hula Valley, the Sea of Galilee area in Israel for food and rest. That area is part of the Great Rift Valley which stretches from northern Syria to central Mozambique, Africa. And it has thermal currents that birds can ride on from the central Africa to to Europe. The Hula and the Negev uh, Fall Migration Festivals attracts bird watchers from all over the world. And the birds, they know the way. All the angel has to do is call them to come to the great supper of the great God. Amen. What a glorious day that's going to be when it's all said and done. When Jesus Christ finally sets up his kingdom in the earth. Think how beautiful, how wonderful that's going to be. In Revelation 19, verse 18, it says that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and the flesh of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. So when God's wrath comes upon these armies of unbelievers in the land of Israel, he will give their dead bodies to the birds to eat. Read Isaiah 34, 5 through 7. But their death isn't their eternal judgment. That will happen at the great white throne judgment. Revelations 20. And this will be the end of all sinful human rulers on this earth. That will be a glorious day. You know, because so many of us have prayed for it. And we've seen God answer our prayers to to a degree. But in that day... And that day is going to end all the sinful human rulers on this earth that has been going on for, for the history of, war, of the world. Most of the human race have lived to please their own fleshly desires, and now God's patience is at an end. And the people who have allowed their fleshly desires to rule their life will meet a sudden and violent death. And at that time in the future, every living person on this earth that has rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they'll suffer the consequences of God's wrath. You know, it's been often said that hell wasn't created and the lake of fire was not created for human beings. It was created for the devil and his his angels, the fallen angels. But man has chosen his way. God has given us, each and every one of us, that choice. It goes on to say in verse 19, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him. God, who sat on the, on the horse and the, against his army. And the psalmist wrote, Why do the nations rage? 
And why do the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. See Psalms 2, verses 1 through 5. God laughs at the foolishness of sinful mankind's attempt to go to war against him. You know, it's, it's hard for us to comprehend the foolishness of a, a human who thinks he or she can win an argument or battle with God who spoke his or his, yes, his universe, this universe into existence and created mankind. Woe to him, the Bible says, who strives with his maker. Isaiah 45, verse 9. The beast was captured and with him, this is verse 20, the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Those two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Jesus Christ's enemies killed him when he came in humility to fulfill God's plan that he die for the salvation of sinners. John 1 verse 29. Now he's executing his enemies. Daniel wrote, I watched till the beast was slain. Daniel watched it and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Daniel 7:11. John says they were cast into the lake of fire alive. And it's possible that their bodies are killed and their spirits go alive into the lake of fire. There are many, many things in Revelations that we don't understand completely, but the Lord knows the answer. And the Bible goes on to say, And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. Verse 21. Jesus Christ speaks and the battle is won. He spoke to the fig tree and it withered. He spoke to the wind and sea and they calmed. He spoke to the demons and they that controlled people and they fled. He spoke to sicknesses and sicknesses were healed. He spoke to death and Lazarus arose from the dead. Jesus Christ speaks and the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast into the eternal lake of fire. Their armies are killed and the birds were filled with their flesh. God says there is no God besides me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal nor is there any who can deliver from my hand. Deuteronomy 32, verse 39. And the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. Every person's eternal destiny is their own choice. Once again, 
I've said that over and over again in my messages and tried to answer questions where people want to know answers to, you know, why why do bad things happen to good people? Why do why do bad things happen to people, period? Well, for one thing, you know, uh, I can't answer all those questions in total ultimate truth because I don't have all the answers, but I do know this. My Bible says that sin brings sickness. My Bible says that sin brings death. So I just want to encourage you to, will we ever be sin free? That question has arisen too. No, we, we will never, we, we don't have to sin. Let me put it that way. We are not obligated to sin. We might go through temptations, but there again, we have a choice. We don't have to say yes to sin. The Bible says uh, when it, it's talking about us having an advocate with the Father, uh, someone who will forgive our sins, who is Jesus. He said, if any man sin. He didn't say when we sin. He said, if any man sin. So we don't have to sin, but we make a choice every time temptation is in our face or temptation comes against us but we have a choice just as much to make it for God rather than sin as we do to make it a, a thing about sinning you know if we'll just cry out to God in our temptations the Lord will be there to help us he said there there is um for one thing, he said, there are no temptation taken, man, that is not common to man. And then he, he went on to say that there is nothing that he, he can make a way of escape. I'm trying to think exactly how the scripture goes without it in front of my face. Um, and I can't actually think exactly how it goes, but the Bible's clear about as we look to him, he will make a, a way of escape. And then it also says that he will not put on us more than we can bear. Even when you pass through times of temptation, let me tell you, they're not so strong you can't bear them. All you have to do is say no. That temptation probably actually lasts for two minutes, if even two minutes, maybe seconds. But if you're going to take that temptation and you're going to mull it over in your mind and think it over and think it over and think it over until it actually becomes so strong, it'll overtake you. That is exactly why the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. So those thoughts that come that are tempting you to do wrong or do evil, you know they are. We know good from wrong. We know, we know what's good and what's evil. We can say no to it as easily as we can say yes to it. And, and let me say again, which I think I said at some point this morning, there will be a penalty or consequences to your sin. Look at the life of David and look at the consequences of the life of David and the price that he paid for sinning with Bathsheba. You know, he should have, the Bible says where he should have been. 
He should have been out with his men. He should have been out to war with his men. But no, he stayed home and he was idle for a while. What is, I think there's an old saying that says, uh, idle hands are the devil's workshop. You know, we should be busy about our father's business. Anyway, we're winners. We've got to realize that in our everyday life, that even when temptation faces us, we're winners. All we have to do is say no. We have a choice. We have a will. We're not forced by the devil to do anything. He cannot force us to do anything at all. We have complete and total victory and authority over him, but we got to take it. We got to take it by faith. We've got to reach out and we've got to take it. Just like by when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he came back at the devil with the word of God, with all three temptations. He, he didn't take those temptations and think about them for five minutes before he quoted scripture back to the devil. No, he fought the battle right then and right there. There was no question about his obedience to his father. And there should be no question with us about our desire to want to be obedient to God, to want to please God, to not want to disappoint Him. He certainly did not disappoint us when He gave us all that He's given us. And then He still sees us through every single day, helps us with anything we have need of. He says, ask that you might receive. You know, He said He would even help us with our unbelief. He even told us how to pray about that in the Bible. It's so amazingly awesome. Our God is a beautiful, wonderful God, and we are blessed to even have the option to be, be able to be born again, to be able to have the righteousness of Christ in our life. Okay, in saying that, I am going to close here. Sometimes I just talk way too long. You guys just, you know send me a note and tell me and that'll confirm it <laughs> god bless you each and every one each and every day you're in my prayers and on my heart and i just bless you in jesus name we're winners right we're winners <laughs>